Hello and welcome to The Elastic Brand. On today's show I have Rachel Shawcock, aka Rachel Lee. I've known Rachel for a number of years now and she's genuinely one of the most kind-hearted people I've met in the industry. She's as generous as ever on today's show and shares so much of her process behind her brand projects, how she empowers clients, how she brings a level of coaching to her projects and so much more. So without further ado, let's crack on with the show. So, hi Rachel, and welcome to the Elastic Brand. It's lovely to have you here. I normally introduce it as the freelance web and get the wrong podcast, so it's amazing <laughs> that I've actually got the right one today. I was going to say, it's a good job you got that one right. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd completely forgotten the name, which is terrible of me, but thank you so much. I'm How so can glad you forget the Elastic Brand? I know, it's, I know. It's the cheesiest <laughs> name on earth. Well... You know, we were chatting before this and, you know, the kind of week and morning that I've had. And so, you know, for everyone listening, I've, you know, kind of stood Liz up this morning as well. So, yeah, it's been (laughs) one of those days. So it doesn't surprise me. I kind of forgot. (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry. You won't be the first person to have stood me up. So, (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. Hopefully I'll be the last. Hopefully. You know, I can't promise. (laughs) Well, it's absolutely lovely to have you here. And we're going to have a little chat about branding and kind of your processes and... um, anything anything that springs to mind but if, yes. you, if you could introduce who you are and what you do that would be absolutely great yeah of course so I'm Rachel Shilcock and I run um, my own little one woman studio called Rachel Lee Creative Studio and I'm a designer I specialize in working with online entrepreneurs and small businesses really helping them brand their business more authentically using their values and their personality and helping them develop their mission and vision for their work so amazing that's brilliant and do you have a specific is there a specific sector that you tend to work in more often are they Um, tend to be online influencers or well I'd love to work with more influencers for sure (laughs) (laughs) um I find that a lot of people I tend to work with are either well usually in like the service-based business so they're often maybe an online business owner that works with other either online business owners or other people or other you know they've got their own audience um I tend to also you know I love working with fellow creatives so like photographers Mm -hmm. copywriters people like that who kind of are in a similar field and industry as me being a designer but they've got a very different thing that they do from me and so I kind of love working with them and helping them kind of get their creativity out but in a more visual way that's maybe a little bit different to what they do yeah so is most of your work online sort of digital branding online work yeah I would say it is I've got a craving at the moment to work with some brands where maybe I get to work on packaging or something like that because I I love print design like when I was in school I we had like this graphics technology GCSE and I designed a packaging line, you know, like for the project we had to do for um, some perfumes that I made up that were based on the seasons. Like I I found it the other month. I can't remember where it is now. But yeah, it was such a flashback to what I used to do. I found some of my like very first like bits of design work. I not that I did for clients, but I did for myself in school. And then the other week I was clearing out my bedroom, having like a total revamp of it and found like stumbled across all of my stuff from when I did my HND, which was just, I bombed out of college. Like I, I yeah. completely bombed out of, of doing my sixth form A levels. So I've not got an A level to my name, but I found some of like the design stuff I was doing when I was on my HND. So yeah, it's kind of, I've done a lot more digital online stuff in the last few years, but I guess I'm sort of getting back to that stage now where I want to 
do a bit more experimentation and maybe do a bit more design work just for fun and not necessarily for clients as well so yeah I always find that when I work on a sort of a digital only project I miss the kind of um the the print side of things because I love the kind of um what's the word flexibility not probably not flexibility is the wrong word but kind of the um you know your what you're seeing is what you're getting with print isn't yeah, it yeah it's like that tangible yeah isn't it of something in yeah. print and I mean I think because I've been in like the online industry so much like myself so I've done things like courses and digital products and stuff myself you know I, I wrote a book a few years ago with five simple steps but since they shut down that's something that I've had to promote and sell myself which mm. I've not done very well in the past year because it's not even been on my site but I've somehow had a purchase here and there well you need to plug <laughs> it here exactly. and now come on that's it yeah no I know exactly I'll so link it's to it like at the, in the show notes <laughs> <laughs> well that's it that makes me have to get it live then for the time <laughs> we're done but no I mean it's things like that that I kind of have immersed myself so much in this online world that for years it was all I lived and breathed like I went to New Adventures a few weeks ago and kind of realized that I hadn't been to a design Mm. conference in four or five years Um, I think it was more like five years because the last one I actually was at I spoke at so it was kind of this whole realization for me that I've really been Mm. in my own little cocoon for a few years and I've you know there's a lot of people I've been really happy to meet and know and learn from and and grow in the past few years but it's been very much online so Mm. yeah it's kind of interesting for me now at the stage I'm at to kind of figure out okay maybe there are other people that I could serve with what I'm doing and figuring out how that might look Mm. as well so so you we were talking about this I'm really interested you take quite a different approach to your projects don't you to to the kind of traditional um design approach um yeah I think you're you're very much Sean and I've talked about this on the other podcast um (laughs) about the kind of a bit more I think it's quite a modern approach isn't it a lot of influencers on Instagram I think who have kind of kind of creative businesses take yeah very exciting so if you tell me a little bit more about that that'd be great yeah of course so I've kind of developed my process over the past few years and I'd say it's only in the last maybe year and a half ish maybe a little bit longer maybe more like a couple of years but I feel that I've kind of settled on a process that really works for me and one of my um, friends who's a copywriter you know we, we were chatting about it and she gave me the perfect word for it in that I kind of have developed this intuitive system mm-hmm. so as long as I've been designing even when <laughs> compared to what I do now it was terrible um, you know years gone by and everyone would always tell me if something launched like they couldn't understand how I managed to put so much personality mm. into things that I did and it was something that kind of stuck with me and it's through the, like developing this process that I you know I realized how applicable it was to other people Mm. so the process itself was born out of the fact that I've got a chronic illness and for so many years I kind of hid that from Mm. like Twitter the online world the communities I was in because I felt that I was going to be really judged for it Mm. you know I I had all these thoughts in my head like people are gonna not hire me because they're gonna think I'm unreliable or that I'm gonna just sort of disappear one day and things like that yeah And it was exhausting. Mm. Like, it was absolutely exhausting living this sort of double life. 
because you forget like as well like I you know part of my chronic illness is I deal with a lot of fatigue mm-hmm. you know I'm also anemic yeah. that I found out so it's you know all of this stuff that you know you've got brain fog and you think what have I told some people that mm-hmm. I haven't told other people and you know you just sort of like end up in this loop and it's horrendous and it got to the point where I was just like you know what I've had enough mm-hmm. like I want to talk about it and I want to tell people about my illness it's it's a huge part of my daily life it's one of the reasons I work for myself and it was only through kind of opening up more online about it that a I found other people that were doing it that had chronic illness as well yeah but then I also kind of became much more comfortable being myself and being like what I call my most authentic self so just me no matter what like flaws and warts Mm -hmm. and all like it's just me and that's who I am yeah it was kind of going through that process that I realised that things started falling into place in my business. So people were actually hiring me because I'd talked about chronic illness and they could tell that I was really genuine Mm. and honest and upfront and things like that. But then also I felt so much more comfortable within my business and my brand. And I, you know, my design style and my branding visuals have evolved and gone to a much more real place that Mm. reflects who I am. Um, And it sort of sparked this idea within me of how the branding process can work. And so what I do now is very much based on your values as a person. Yeah. Because I feel like, because I work with a lot of people that are their own business or they run their own business. I think that even when you don't really, even when you've maybe got a business name, you know, I don't trade as Rachel Shulcock, but I trade as Rachel. It's like a nickname. Mm -hmm. But even when you don't kind of have that sort of, you know, some of my clients have their own name as their business and that's great. But even when you don't, I feel that you very much are your business. Mm. And that's what people buy into. That's what people, you know, buy. That That's why they work with you or that's yeah. why they buy from you because they buy into that belief of who you are and, and how they want to connect with you and, and what you're selling to them. Whether that, you know, and selling can come across as so icky, but I feel that it's about like being genuinely of service to people and helping yeah. people wherever you can. And that's a kind of mindset uh, mindset shift I've had to make as well. But it's kind of through doing all of that, I feel that if you can really show up as your most authentic self and you can share your values and your personality with people, that's what they're going to buy into. Mm-hmm. And it's been the process, it's been the same sort of thing for my clients. So that happened for me and that I did it. But then the more that I walked my clients through it, mm-hmm. the more that they were getting, like they were growing their businesses. And, you know, the biggest compliment I've had is that, one of my clients that I still work with on an ongoing basis, I designed her new brand for her and someone had known her for like seven or eight years or something at this point. It was a mutual friend of ours and she sent the branding to her to have a like a look at it as it was being done. Mm-hmm. And the biggest compliment was that the person, <clears throat> pardon me, got back to her and said, I can't put my finger on what it is, but this brand is so you. Yeah, that's Like amazing. it's just you. Mm. And that's the thing is that I feel that it's really kind of weird the process I go through but I kind of dive deeply into asking people like it's more of like a transformational process in that I'm telling people no matter what like you are good enough to do what you Mm. want to do you don't need any permission like you've got it all inside of you and you can do it I just like help get I help kind of tease out of them what it is that they want to do Mm. and why they want to do it and then I kind of reflect it back to them in their own words which is amazing so it's kind Um, of coaching as well in some ways yeah it's kind of morphed into that which I didn't expect um 
but then like I had a lady last year who took part in one of my courses which we'll touch on in a bit but she where I basically with this I was teaching them my process but for themselves so that they could teach themselves how to brand their business Mm -hmm. um and so the questionnaire that I give to my clients is really in depth and I tell them like you might need a couple of hours to fill this out because it's going to test you and she's this lady like this lady that took this questionnaire she um she'd been running her own business I think previously for something like 20 or 25 years and she was she was sort of closing that one down to start a new one and she said that the questions that I asked had her thinking about stuff that she'd never Mm. thought about before and so that was the sort of thing that I thought this is a lady who's got incredible life and business experience who's you know Mm. a lot older than me and she I'm helping give her a different perspective these are brilliant brilliant questions then they're obviously exactly yeah I mean they're guiding guiding the client and um getting them to ask questions that haven't been asked before you know they haven't asked themselves before then that's amazing yeah and it was just so rewarding to kind of hear that and think Mm. well actually yeah I must be onto something here because it's so easy I think as designers we get so like locked into our little world like I call my office the nerd cave kind of like the bat cave but for nerds and and geeks like me Mm. but it's just sort of you get so locked into your own little bubble and world and sometimes I, find... I think it's I think it's easy sometimes to see the client as oh you know oh god got to get this client you know it's kind of yeah getting in the way of the design work you want to do is the client you know that's it <laughs> and um it, yeah you, it's it's must be very very kind of liberating to really kind of throw yourself into um their lives and what they want to do as well and and really show up for them that's it and I find that it actually helps when it then comes to the design process Mm. so for example you know if they're you know some of my values are like connection and authenticity and transparency and different things and you can hint at that with the visuals like we are designers and if you look at things as you know like values as if they are symbols almost of what your clients kind of want you can start to shape the values um, and the sorry the visuals around the values and around their personality so for example um, you know I I know a lot of people say like when you're choosing a color palette don't go off the colors that you like Mm. but again that's also kind of you know I understand that there's an audience there and that there's all these things that you should do but I think when it comes down to it it's also got to feel like this person and feel like a sort of visual embodiment of who they are Um, and I think it's applicable to bigger businesses as well like I one of the things I've been experimenting with or looking at is how I can sort of take this process I've done with you know one or two people um teams or you know one of my clients has got something like six people on her team and so it's kind of like how can I actually Mm. make this work in larger companies because I really believe it would that's what I was going to ask you about that I can see how that would work really really well for signing of a solo um person or a very very small two-person company or something but I think it's harder when there's several stakeholders involved and maybe they're coming at it from different places so have you found a way of possibly doing well, that that's, yeah I mean that's what I'm kind of exploring because when I was at New Adventures I was honestly like I'll be honest I was terrified I was like I've been doing this stuff online for so many years 
people, you know, I, I've not, you know, my clients really at the moment don't have a huge focus on performance and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, all the big talk that's around in the web industry. And I thought, you know, I'm going to this conference. I'm not going to really be talking about all of that. They're going to think what I do is fluffy, you yeah. know, all of that kind of thing. And when I got there and I was talking to people who I, you know, respect incredibly in, in our field and they were like, this is amazing. Like, you need to talk about this. You know, we need this in this industry more. Yeah, definitely. And, and I was kind of taken aback because I just thought, you know, I'd been in my own little bubble and I thought, you know, that's not really what this industry is interested in. And that kind of sparked a lot of ideas of me. Like, one of the things I'd love to do is workshops and, and whether yeah. that's individually with people to teach them the process I go through, but also within larger companies because... I think we we get so focused in the web and design industry on like branding first or content first or responsive first or mobile first, all of these different things. And really what I always come back to is that everything should be like values first. Yeah. Because I think it's one of those things that if you, for example, got different teams and you've got all these different people working on different aspects of your business. So whether that's design, development, research, you know, content, all of these different things, project management, everything one of the things that will help unite those teams is values and is making sure that everything that you do in your business, whether it's based mm. on the brand or whether it's also things like using it as a decision-making tool is one of the things I do, you know, all of that can come back to the values. Mm. And so I think so many big, but, you know, we've, you know, look at everything with Facebook and Google and mm. all of these companies in the past couple of years that have done some really horrific things with yeah. our data and privacy and everything. And it's yeah. horrible if they'd only thought about the values that they actually should have been acknowledging yeah. and honoring, those things wouldn't have happened. You know, sometimes I say that, that's a really sweeping statement. Like, obviously, sometimes that won't, you know, it will still happen. People don't always have the best people don't always Exactly, yeah. People company, don't always, you know, I, I try to look on the positive side yeah. because that's me, but that's it. Like, it will always slip through the cracks. But if you've got that process in there and if you try to embed that into your company and it's part of your ethos and values and you do put that across I think that it becomes a much you've got a much better chance of doing the right thing when you're given those choices and things as well but also just for growth and mm. connecting really with your audience and your customers even on a large scale you know doing little things like that you know the, if you think about the companies that you really love and value they're the ones that often put across things like their values and their personality mm. and their mission that much more. Yeah, and so very like open Tom's, and share, share Exactly. Everything. Like yeah. Tom's probably, like if you think about the shoes, like they probably yeah. would not have been as successful had they not had the initiative of giving a pair of shoes to someone in need around the world Absolutely. compared to if they just sold them and said, oh, they're recycled or they're organic or whatever you want to call it. So yeah. it's like when, when mission and vision and ethos and values come into play, there's a lot of big, differences that I think you can make I think so. that's really great and you're also educating people on what how much their brand is everything they do it's not exactly just like their logo mark and their photography <laughs> and stuff which is what a lot of people think it is it's it's literally yeah. every single thing they do so how much they share of themselves online how they deal with complaints how they yeah. you know their tone of voice on twitter and how they're kind of employees are looked after so yeah I, think I mean that's, that's it amazing. like I even I even use mine as like a decision making tool so I know it's easy for me as like a one woman band at the moment but mm. 
for even for bigger businesses or for people, you know, if you've got an agency or teams and different things, I think, you know, for me, it always comes back to if I get an opportunity, for example, does this fit within my values? And if it doesn't, then I will mm. now say no. Because I've often found that when I, I don't follow either my intuition and my gut feeling or I don't follow kind of the values and standards that I've set for myself and my business, often that goes terribly wrong, like if I don't do that. And so I think it becomes this sort of, it's almost like this way of doing business and branding and life that kind of really ends up kind of testing you in a way mm. because you're kind of like, oh, this looks like a good opportunity. But if something doesn't feel quite right about it, or if it doesn't fit within my values, then I've, mm. you know, now I've learned that if I, if I step away from, like, if I ignore that, it's just not gonna yeah. end well, so. And that's all part of your personal brand, isn't it? Decision making, yeah. absolutely everything. And I, mm. I had a really interesting conversation with Laura Cowbag a couple of episodes ago, and um, we, I mean, we were talking about kind of ethical design and stuff, and yeah. I've, and since that conversation, I've had a couple of new clients come my way, and, and I've actually researched where they got their funding from now, which is yeah. not something I would have done before. I would have looked at what they did, looked at kind of their company values, and thought, yeah, they, they look fine, but now I've gone even further back and looked at kind of where they've come from and how yeah. that money, just to make sure that they are in line with kind of my my belief and ethics, which is something that I would never have thought about doing before, but now is quite Exactly, and that shows thing. to me that you really value that as well. And so that kind of honesty and transparency is a good value for you and that you want to be able to know where they come from and, and how, you know, who you're supporting as well, which yeah. is massively important. And on a purely selfish, um, from a purely selfish point of view, that kind of thing makes life easier for us, doesn't it? Because it's very <laughs> yeah. clear about what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Exactly. Like one of the things I did in my life, like was that I wanted to go for like cruelty free options for mm -hmm. anything wherever I could. So skincare, makeup yeah. like, as, a, as a lady and then um, even things like cleaning products and stuff wherever I can. And mm. it's really interesting for me because I started trying to do that about two and a half, three years ago, I think it is now. And it's really interesting for me seeing how the world has evolved and changed since oh, then yeah. as well, because you know, a couple of years ago, it was incredibly difficult to figure out or find out which brands you were using. Apart from like the main obvious ones, it was really difficult to yeah. find out kind of which brands were and weren't cruelty free, for example. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, we're cruelty free. Like we're going to shout it from the this rooftops. This is our US, we know. one of our biggest exactly. selling points. Yeah, and we're That's vegan it. and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's, it's changed massively from how it used to be. And I think that's a good thing. Like, so you know, obviously, like your chat with Laura about ethical design and, and things like that. But mm. also just the world is growing up. The world is changing, mm. you know, inclusivity, not just diversity really yeah. matters. And yeah. I think that's where working and, and branding from the values and, and mission and vision that you've got for your work and your business. I think that's where you can really start to focus on things like inclusivity mm. and making a difference and mm. Yeah, it just, I think it just, I think it matters, so. And I think we're, I mean, I had a dawning realisation on Monday morning, I couldn't get wait wait to get to my desk, and I was just thinking about it, I thought, God, we are so lucky to have that kind of, you know, power to a degree to be able yeah. to influence, you know, change and drive change and make those yeah. decisions to not work with 
specific people or to work with specific people we're so lucky absolutely and it i mean it does come from a place of privilege as well i do want to acknowledge that like being able to do that is incredibly privileged of me but it's you know it hasn't always been that way i have had to take on the projects that Mm. would keep me afloat or that would keep you know and you you know you sometimes end up sacrificing things that matter to you at that time whether that's for your time and, and effort or whether that's you know something deeper than that but Mm. I do think that the more that we can do that and the Mm. more that we can hold other people accountable when we do that I think it it really starts to make a difference like the more that I've actually like I can't credit it all to doing it in this way but the more that I've talked about values and the more that I've shown up honestly as the person that I am Mm. the better that my business has become, the more work I've had on, the more clients I've had on. And obviously I know that that's also down to marketing and strategy and word of mouth Mm. and treating clients well and and doing that really well at the same time. But I I do honestly believe that if I was still kind of living that double life of not really showing up who I am, people can, people have a sixth sense for it now. Like I know Mm. I do, like I can, you can really see through people when they're not showing up as they are because something will trip them up somewhere. Even if it's just kind of the way that they, you can just feel it, like I think now. And so, And I think you just become another generic designer don't you? yeah you're just you're just another designer of you know of which there are let's be honest millions of them <laughs> millions. out there um and you need you know being authentic and being yourself and having a different voice is always going to set you apart from absolutely the masses so in a, in terms of an actual so with with regards to a practical approach how do you yeah. put these things into practice so how do you um how do you go about your 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 typical branding project I mean, not okay. that there is a typical branding project, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's what I've been kind of playing with. And I, what I tend to do is I used to have this very rigid, this is what we'll do then, mm. and then we'll do this, and then we'll do that. Whereas now what I kind of do is I try to be, you know, one of my values is actually to embrace the natural flow that I have in mm-hmm. life and business. It's kind of to do with my chronic illness and that I will embrace that flow yeah. when I need to. But I also find that it's worked really well when I do that with my branding clients as well. So what I generally do is I do have an ideal <laughs> process mm-hmm. that we'll go through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that starts with the research phase. So that mm-hmm. starts with the questions that I ask them we really dive deeply into it and what I love to do about it because like you said earlier it's kind of like part coaching in a way Mm. but what I love to do is get them to fill that questionnaire out and I really get them to tell me like their biggest dreams and you know for their business and all of that sort of stuff and it's really hilarious to me that what I will then do is often get on a call with them um and we'll just dive deeper into it. So we'll chat more in detail about the questions that they've answered and the kind of answers that they've given. And what I love doing more than anything, it's so funny to me because I've done it myself, like with when I've been asked similar questions on calls with copywriters and stuff. Yeah. Um, what I love to do is that they will put this stuff down and they'll, you know, just for example, they're a photographer and they're like, you know, I want to capture these moments that make, you know, someone... I want to capture these moments that people remind them of how special this day was or this moment in time for them and capture it so that they've Mm -hmm. got it forever. Sounds really beautiful. They put it down and then I'm saying, so I repeat that back to them and I'm like, okay, so 
really in a nutshell what i'm seeing is that you want to capture these moments in time for people so that they've got this special keepsake mm. of what they've done and they go you make me sound amazing <laughs> and i'm like you said that yeah like, these are your words <laughs> yeah. and i don't tell them that i'm gonna do that and to see the kind of realization of like oh wow like you know what this i do is, is really special what i do is really special yeah. and and that's the thing because when you just you just said a few moments ago about how you can stand out and and i truly believe that you stand out by being yourself because mm. no one else is you you are unique like you are uniquely you no one's got your same set of experiences and um life and everything that's happened to you has led you to this moment mm. to do what you're doing and so i think that it's really kind of fun to do that that first thing you know at the very beginning of the mm. project because i'm kind of opening their eyes to this is who you are and you need to embrace it to be yeah. able to go out and do what you want to do and achieve these dreams so that's kind of where we start and then what i tend to do i also do dive into the practical stuff with them so i actually have um like a keynote powerpoint presentation that i share with them mm -hmm. and that's just to kind of get a feel for where their instincts kind of lie in terms of general things with typography and colors oh. and textures just because I found that a lot of clients don't actually know how to communicate what they like and what they don't like. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I mean, this is a really recent thing. I've only been doing this one for about a year, I think, but, yeah. or just over a year. But what I found was that clients just didn't know how to communicate at all what they liked. Mm. So they might be able to say, this is a website I like, this is yeah. a brand I like. Yeah. They couldn't tell me why. Yeah. And so what I've started to do is just to kind of get a feel and it helps with things like typography because it, it lowers the amount of revisions I need to do because I've got a much stronger sense of, yes. okay, yeah. they, they definitely don't like slab serifs, for example. So yeah. I'll focus <laughs> on more of a, a serif feel if they like that kind of classical look and that's the kind of more polished, elegant feel they're going for. But I also make to show them a real variety within things like a serif style typeface yeah. so that I can get a feel like they're like, oh, I like that one, but I really don't like that one. Yeah. And that, again, helps me kind of hone in on what they're looking for. So how does that how does that look? How does that look, that PowerPoint presentation? Is that uh, a lot of different style? Do you? Yeah. So what I do, I've I've got. um basically so like for typefaces or even yeah. for pa I, like i dive into patterns and textures mm. typefaces uh photography styles as mm. well um oh, wow. so i've kind of like categorized them myself but it just helps for things like if i'm going to be using stock photography to know the kind yeah. of style or feel that they want but also like for example the way that I categorize it is so I've got like kind of airy photography might yes. look like yeah. really bright, maybe like really white almost, yes. you know, really yeah. light, you know, floaty, mm. you know, almost ethereal kind of feel to mm. it. And then moody might be more kind of when I think of moody photography, I always think of Ashley Baxter with yes. uh, with Jack, like yeah, the kind yeah. of yeah. slightly darker, yeah, um, definitely, yeah. slightly darker tones to everything. Um, you know, a little bit more of a, a kind of, you know, dark, moody feel to it. A little bit more edgy. Edgy, yeah, that's it. And so, but then there's also things like I have one called Natural because I, mm. I try to get a feel for their headshot styles as well. Some of them like really, you know, proper headshot on a white background kind of thing, yeah. whereas a lot of people tend to, you know, associate with the kind of natural in my office looking really happy kind of mm. feel. So even so doing do they that, Do you go through that and they say yes, no? 
yeah don't pretty like much that. i'm yeah. like just let me know what you like if there's any mm. one particular one that you do really like let me know the specifics mm. um just so that i can get a feel and and all i do is i I kind of show that I'm a designer. I have like the name of the, you know, the classification maybe for the typeface yeah. or for the pattern or the texture. So I might have like gritty or mm. moody or whatever. Mm. And I put that like on the left. And then on the right hand side, I have like two, like basically, if you think of like a screen, I've got the left hand side is just white with the name of whatever it is they're looking at. The right hand side is split into two. So it's got on the top, there's like, one example on the bottom there's another mm-hmm. and I try to go for kind of different examples on each one but I also make I duplicate that maybe like three times for each thing so I might be showing them like six different serif typefaces mm-hmm. I might show them like I think on the photography one I show them like two or four examples yeah. of that so they can see it a little bit easier yeah but things like patterns for example I might say abstract and that could be mm-hmm. very very different so I get a feel for what they actually want visually and I find that doing that at the very very beginning when we're going through this stuff it just makes such a difference to how they want it because someone could say to you um I'm just looking around my office now for inspiration they could say to you that they want something kind of abstract but with a little bit of polish and so that like makes no sense because you're like what does that mean (laughs) exactly so it's like whereas if I can go through the patterns and they're like okay I love that abstract pattern that's kind of got these paint strokes on I'm like great okay that's a a useful thing I can Mm. explore that a little bit more if they say something like polish they might mean that that's how they think of the typography and so I Mm. get that feeling and then I can sort of find these contradictions but also what the clients mean and what they want from it and also put that in there as well yeah yeah so you can educate them as well about typefaces and stuff at the same time and that's it and and they found that so much easier because they're just like yeah this is what I love and this is what you know Mm. I want to happen um and then it feels like I'm inside their head as well like when it comes to actually designing it so very little do I actually have a lot of rejections when I'm designing Mm. which I find difficult sometimes because I almost want to be critiqued I want to make sure Mm. it's like the right thing but that's because I do such a huge amount of research Mm. at the beginning as well it makes that process a lot easier um and then I kind of just dive into the the visuals then and really just start hashing things out so I Mm. always start with the logo and the logo typography and the Mm. logo mark um I I tend to not I'm kind of one of those people that I don't like to do too many things and give them too many options because I, was I feel ask like you that we've yeah. I've had this debate several times. Um <laughs> I only ever send over one concept. Yeah. Um and maybe there's sort of slight variations within that concept yeah, but exactly. certainly never more than one whereas there's other other people who send over you know a ton of different ones yeah what's your take on on that I mean I'm one of those people that I I don't know whether I'm very big on intuition and feeling mm. into stuff yeah. and, Same and here, yeah. that's it like I said at the beginning about how everyone always says to me about personality in my mm. work and that's just because I've always tried to feel into what I'm creating and mm. who I'm creating it for I just couldn't put a name to it previously whereas now I kind of do yeah and so I really feel like I know when I've hit on the right direction to sort of go in. So I will develop several concepts. I will try out several different things. I'm the world's worst drawer and illustrator and sketcher, but I will (laughs) sketch them out till the cows come home. You know, I'm I'm the sort of thing that 
I, I really love doing that. But I found in my experience that when you give the client, I mean, mm. for me anyway, when I give the client too many options, they often don't really know which way to go. Yeah. Whereas if I kind of, I, I will always give them a few options when it comes to typography, because mm -hmm. I think that's the one that really will, you will hit or miss. Like mm -hmm. what you love, they might not. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to actually designing like logo marks and, and things like that, I find that I kind of go one direction and they might be like, this is great, but can we change it to be yeah. a bit more this? And that's where I think it's really good because you've done the research, you've got the where you need to go with it, but you're just kind of refining it then and, and making it as good as it can be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm very much... And I think you have a really strong... I, I personally have a really strong idea in my mind about what direction that's going to take. So yeah. I think to then go and create other, other logo marks, say, just for the sake yeah. of creating them i'm not you know one's the one's the perfect one that i think would work for them and then yeah I'm and it might be that the they don't ones. exactly like it might be that they don't like it and that's fine yeah, like you can fine. then go back and refine it and, and change say it what and what things. don't you like about it you know exactly. what isn't working yeah and sometimes for my clients it's just that it doesn't feel right as well like it doesn't feel like the right direction and i'm like okay that's fine like we'll, yeah. we'll go back but yeah. like i say it's very often it doesn't really go that way and one of the things I always try to do is I don't necessarily hop on a call with my clients because I work with people all around the world so it's not like they're mm -hmm. in the same time zone as me yeah. so it's not always easy to get on a call but one thing I always do at least with the logo design that I create particularly the logo mark is that I will record myself on this like on my computer walking them through the decisions yes. that I've made mm. because I think once it's so easy to just write an email but email can be taken the wrong Absolutely. way email doesn't necessarily you can't necessarily get your stuff across like your point across and decisions and design decisions that you've made put across this, in the right this way this is something that I've just got into as well I oh, now yeah. I'm really I'm and particularly for like um like web designs I've been doing yeah. or um to to video and walk through that I found mm. so effective with clients and clients love it because it mm. improves the experience for them yeah. when they're working with you and I think that you know for me I've been doing it on a recent project and um it's been so fun to kind of do that and say like, look, this is what I'm working on. I actually don't think this works well as a logo map, but I think it's a really beautiful imagery yeah. that we could use within your brand. What do you, what and software do you sort of use stuff. for that? Just out of interest. Um, I'm on Windows, so I yeah. use Camtasia for it, okay. which I think you can get on Mac as well. But yeah. like the ScreenFlow, even QuickTime on Mac, mm. for example, because um, I, I don't even know if they do QuickTime for Windows anymore. I think they shut it down, which I was gutted about. But mm. um, I think basically anything that you can just record yourself on, yeah. it doesn't have to be the best quality, but like clients will feel super jazzed up about it and yeah. really excited so because excited. they're like, you've taken the time to not just do the design, but also explain stuff to them. And mm. I think really often, like as designers, again, we get in our own little bubble. And like you say, we think that clients are stupid or they don't really understand or that they mm. don't want to understand. And yeah, we might get the odd client that is like that. But I think for the most part, clients really want to hear from you about why you've done what you're doing. You know, it's very mm. personal to them. They're investing in this stuff. It's really important to them. And I think that the more that we can kind of include them and be collaborative in that process, I think that's so much better. And Absolutely. I always say that to my clients that like I'm expecting you to be involved in this. Like mm. I'm not just doing this for you. I'm doing this with mm. you. So yeah. How do you present um, brand guidelines and stuff? Do you have a specific way that you kind of present all of that? 
at the oh, end of a project? Well, I I tend to give them like a brand board, which mm. I resisted for a long, long time. Um, mm. And I've only started doing it from my last project that I worked on because I found that I was getting asked for it and they wanted, you know, yeah. for them it was a really easy way to see the different elements of their brand in yeah. just one little go. Um, I really how does, resisted it. How does it. that look? Well, it's the kind of like Pinterest style one. So if you search on Pinterest for brand design or logo design or something, it's the sort of thing where you've got like the logo up at the top, Mm -hmm. maybe like the logo alternate or the mark and that. Then Mm. you've got like the colour palette and the typography and maybe like the mood board and stuff like that. I forgot to say, I always do a mood board as well. Once we've Mm -hmm. like, before I dive into the visuals, I do the mood board because I feel that that captures the like visual style and colors maybe that we're going for i also tend to choose my color palettes from a mood board as well Mm. which i i love doing um but yeah it just sort of it kind of captures like the essence of the brand in one go and i think that's Mm. something that they really love to see visually it sort of feels like they can add it to pinterest themselves and be really happy when it gets like thousands of (laughs) reprints i think when they're done well they're amazing but i think there are a lot of ones not done well i think like don't mean much to clients no. um, that's it i mean that's why i resisted them i felt like they yeah. were just there to be put on pinterest and that was it you know yeah. to get validation from other people yeah um and I, you know that's not what i'm about anymore so i kind of thought you know don't really want to do yeah. it but then i found that some clients find it really helpful yeah. to just yeah absolutely get an, almost get a snapshot of of their brand and what they're doing and then from i mean i I've also kind of resisted brand guidelines because I've found that a lot of my online clients didn't really need them or mm. require them. Yeah. Um, either because I'm the sort of person, well, to be honest, you either get one of two types of clients for me, like the kind of client that will respect what you've already done and has a good enough sense to kind mm. of know how to carry on that. Yes. Um, And then the clients that want to put their own mark on it and... Mm change things about how you don't Mm. really want them to and stuff like that so even if you gave them brand guidelines they Mm, wouldn't really pay attention (laughs) yeah so it's kind of like you get those kinds of clients as well um what I've actually been looking at is because one of my clients wanted a sort of almost like a repository that she could go to to Mm. download the different bits and bobs when she might need them so rather than just give her like a zip file which I did give her I'm gonna I'm trying to find a way of sort of creating almost like mm. a design system that we see in the web industry yes um, yeah, I saw you tweet about that the other this, day actually yeah. I was intrigued to see what your driving me mad was. I'm at the point where I'm probably going to create something myself so we'll yeah. see how that goes because like for me I you know with color palettes as well I also I have my main colors but I create light you know I create shades and tints of each color so that they've mm. got a variety that they use and I tend to then use them within the brand as well so I, I, it's finding a way of doing that and presenting mm. it for them but I'd love to do like an online version where they can then yeah. just go to that um, well yeah. I think that would be amazing I think you could definitely <laughs> sell that to all the I know, designers that's the out thing. there I'm like this is actually a really good idea yeah. something I could even monetize because I love definitely. doing I love doing online stuff like I said I've done online courses and digital products and stuff yeah. as well I've got plans for more this year so yeah. it's kind of that that stuff as well so we'll see but yeah it's kind of I love it I like the sound of it I can't wait for that (laughs) um so most of your clients are would you say you're you work with clients who have a relatively small budget compared to some of the the larger Um, clients I mean I actually think I used to but I've I've lucked out a lot in that a lot of my clients are quite happy to pay 
multiple thousands mm. for their brand and website like it, yeah so it's i've been relatively lucky with that i guess it's all relative as well i mean you yeah know, i mean it's... i've had definitely some that are lower budget and i've ended yeah. up giving the one thing i would always say is if you do have lower budget clients that you're trying to cater to if you do discount or reduce your work uh, like reduce the rate of your work mm. if you like for me I have it quite packaged up because I know that my clients yeah. I know what they want so I don't necessarily do it by like a day rate or a, a, you know yeah. an hourly rate because I package up what they want and mm. they get that and they're really happy with it so do you then because I, I I'm really intrigued about this way of working yeah. do you have like for this brand design for this so branding it would be this much for a logo mark and this would be this much because yeah, I've seen other in designs a way do yeah. that and I, I think mean, that's really great because that's so open yeah, um for clients depending on the sort of client that you work with mainly exactly I think um, if you're working with big corporates who yeah. have huge budgets it's very different and I would you know completely market to them very differently yeah. I'm in the process of upping my rate quite a lot by yeah. about three thousand pounds because I've got to the point where I want people that are really ready for this process because yeah. I've had a few clients who a kind of have the budget but are teetering on not really feeling ready to do this whole transformation mm. of what their brand and business is yeah and I want people that are ready and have the money and are just going to invest mm. it so that's kind of had me thinking about how I work with lower budget clients which I know is something we said we chat about yeah. and yeah. for me I think the one thing I've always made the mistake of is if I ever do discount my work so my rates have jumped quite a bit in the last couple of years and I've been getting clients at it which is great but before that if I ever discounted the work I would just offer a discount I wouldn't actually discount what I was offering to them so I wouldn't mm. actually I discount the amount of money they were yeah, paying yeah but I never reduced the amount of work I was doing you so I was say, well because you're pay- only paying this you're only exactly, going to get that like okay yeah. we're going to lower the rate by a thousand pounds but that means that you don't get this this and this is really what I would recommend you mm. do um because I've often ended up like not resentful of a project mm. or a client but it takes way longer than it should every project yeah. I've ever discounted <laughs> has ran over has mm. been the more the client that wants the more revisions that's not ready and everything like that so that's kind of been a life lesson for me so why have you felt the need to discount it has it been because the clients asked you and said look I just yeah don't they're like the my budget bud- for this. yeah like I just don't have the budget and for me it was probably at the time more I would rather have some work than not a lot of work Absolutely, at the time and yeah. so it, that's that whole thing I was talking about earlier where you maybe sacrifice yeah things that you wouldn't normally do so now I haven't had to discount my work in a long time now like probably about 18 months so that feels really good but at that point 18 months ago I was probably thinking well if I do get this at least it will pay the bills for the next few months or whatever whereas I do I found though that those clients that really push for a discount or are tricky are the ones that you should be charging a load Ooh, a more, more to well, and it. giving like, a load more time to you because they're going to be a nightmare well, that's it like one of them that I discounted went pretty quickly and it was pretty good but another one that I discounted ran over by like nearly a year and there wasn't much I could do because I, I package it up so it's helped mm. me figure out where the limits are and how mm. I can add limits in even though I've got these packages that I create so I think with business and and running a business yourself in particular it's always going to be about you know sometimes stuff goes wrong and it doesn't quite go to plan and so you just adjust for the next time and figure you know Mm. add stronger clauses in your contract that help protect you on revisions or on the amount of pages that you design on a website Mm. you know all of that sort of stuff and Mm. that'll kind of help you in the long run 
And go with your gut. Yes. Because your gut always tells you when a client's <laughs> going to be a nightmare. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, one of the things I've ended up doing is... So last October, I think we started, I... I did a beta round of a course that I've created, like a live program. Yeah. And what I found was there were people that wanted to work with me, that wanted to learn from me, that really respect me and what I do. Yeah. But they didn't have the budget to work with me. And yeah. so what I did was I created this online course called Design School for Entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, I checked with them that it was all right, but I wrote a series of articles for Envato and, and Shoots Plus a couple of, a few years back called Design School for Developers. It's been really popular. And I thought, you know what? I love the name. Can, you know, yeah. can I use it for this? And they were like, yeah, go ahead. Like we, we support you with everything. So that was great. And what I kind of did was take my process and teach these four ladies that joined up how to design their own logos and how to design how to choose a color palette and all of this sort of stuff and I really walked them through my process but also taught them all of the knowledge that I've amassed over the years Mm. to do with design and choosing your logo typefaces and how to do that and how to put it into practice and it was honestly one of the most fulfilling things I've Mm. done in a long time um that was one of the ladies that did that was the lady that told me that I got her to think differently about Mm everything you know compared to what she thought about before and and it was just really incredibly rewarding to kind of see and also kind of selfishly from my point of view to actually see that my process worked for other people so just to see that I could walk people through it and they could understand how to do it themselves and I was on hand like we did it as a live program so for the eight weeks that I was doing it I was also walking them through the website stuff but again real life real story you know I'm truthful and honest I hated doing the website part of it um so what I decided you know and I did it as a beta round so that I could figure out how I wanted to do it in the future so what did what did you dislike about the website side of it I just I found that I was so I like you say with intuition and gut feeling like mm. I was so excited I was creating the content every week mm. for the for the course and it was really heavily like there was a lot of content mm. um and I was doing that for the eight weeks that the course was live alongside all my client work and my own stuff that I was trying to do and chronic illness and everything mm-hmm. you know trying to have a life as well <laughs> and um yeah. and I just found that even though it was really hard work when it came to the brand side of things and the the design yeah. teaching, I had the energy to do it. Even if I was yeah. exhausted, like I felt so energized by doing it. When it got to the website stuff, honestly, yeah. I would have happily like gone to sleep and not woken up to not do it. Like I yeah. was I was just I was hating teaching that side of it. Mm. Um they It's very, very in depth and complex, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And, and there I isn't a that specific wasn't... end point either with, no. with web stuff. And I mean what I realised is that I love teaching people how to infuse their brand in their website. Yeah. That side of it I loved. You know, one of their favourite videos, bless them, was me re- me designing a, a website homepage for this uh, photography studio mm. I'd created to do like to show them yes, how to design yeah. this stuff and um I just sat there there was no audio there was no commentating or anything I just sat and recorded myself for half an hour designing this homepage up <laughs> and showing them how to use like the the website yeah. theme that we were using and and they just loved it <laughs> they thought it was fascinating yeah, but that was the thing it was just kind of it helped you know, I'm all about experimentation and figuring out what works and what doesn't. And that's one of the things I was hearing from my audience and the people that I'm connecting with. So I'm very big on trying to do, 
email marketing. I'm very, you know, honest and truthful and raw when it comes to that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I also want to connect with my audience and really help them get what they want from me. And so I found that people really wanted to work with me, but I didn't have the budget. I don't, I've, I've not got a huge interest myself in working with people that are at the very beginning stages of their, mm. their business yeah, or in that sort of junior phase of it, because I feel like I'm, my process is so deep and so transformational. You have to have a really good sense of who you are, even yes. if you're not confident about it, even if you're not feeling like you, you know, what exactly what you want to do my process will help you get clear on that but you need to be really clear on your sense of self and I th- yes. feel that when you're in those early stages you're still in that phase where you're figuring out what you are and what you want to do yeah. and so that's why I don't think that serves that really well but what mm. I have loved from doing like the design school program is that it's helped me sort of see how I can serve people at that lower end so that mm. have either the lower budget and, you know, one of the, there's two like key exercises that I've named and kind of created in there. So one of them is called the values compass. So it's about developing your values and figuring out what they are yeah. and then how you use them as like a guiding light in your business and life. So that's going to become its own little mini course in itself as well. So that I can serve people that are like really, yeah. really low at budget. You know, that's going to be like 50 yeah. pounds or under. Wow. And yeah. then I'm also going to have like the brand map, which is basically lead, you know, it builds on the values mm. compass. Again, it's going to be a similar price point, you know, maybe up to like 70, 100 pounds maximum. Yeah because I really want to make it accessible. Like it's really important yeah. to me that I'm generous. That's one of my biggest values as well. Yeah. So I really yeah. want to make sure that I'm serving people at all levels. So I can work with the people that have got the big budgets that I can work with those kind of people. I'm also doing a lot of like ongoing work with people. So I love doing things like not just designing the brand, but continuing the brand. That's yes. what one of my clients says. And I loved it. I was kind of like, oh, I love that because it kind of yeah. fits with what I love to do. Because she said, pardon me, like she said, anyone can really design a brand, even if it's not based on your process, anyone yeah. can really design a brand, but it's keeping that brand consistent over Absolutely. time. Absolutely. That's not the real everybody. Challenge. Exactly. That's mm. not something everybody is good at. And so that kind of helped me find that market. So that's something I'm pivoting into is to actually do mm. less of the big full on projects and more about this kind of continuation of stuff for people that are probably again at the higher end of their mm. their level but that maybe have like a membership site or something where they've got to keep yeah. it consistent or they create a lot of online courses and they want that consistent brand and feel to them or they've got mm. social media images and they need that doing each month so yes. yeah. I'm exploring like different ways of making money in, in business online which I think is important but then also like <laughs> it was really funny that you asked me these questions because I was thinking about it before we chatted and I was like maybe there's scope for me to work with people that have a lower budget if they've mm. gone through the prerequisite of kind of doing those two courses that I create. So I know they're at that stage where we could go and I could just do the visual side of it yeah. for them. So there's going to be like a few different ways of doing things. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm kind of like a rebel in that I like to do things differently wherever mm. I can. I don't like to just follow the crowd and be a sheep. Like I just... Mm. I try to do stuff differently and I think creating the courses and you know when I when I first started packaging up my work I was getting tweets about it like you're devaluing what we do you know all of this really? sort of stuff. yeah oh honestly I know and I was like but that's, that's what does just it... insecurity there exactly it? and the thing <laughs> is like if I know what my people 
like I say, my people, like my audience are looking for and my clients are looking for, then why not package it up? Why not make it easier for them? And it's the same way with the courses. Like people, I'm sure, would think, why share everything that you know? Like why tell everyone how you do it? And I'm like, because I want people to be empowered to Mm. either design their own brand or help, you know, I would love, for example, to teach my branding process to other designers mm. to show people that you can do it in a particular way. You can do it in a way that really empowers your your clients to really make a difference with their work mm. and to kind of step up in a way that I think they haven't necessarily done so before. I think so. there would be definitely be a lot of interest in that. And I think it would be really, I think a lot of um, designers who are a client facing mm. more than you know worrying about kind of what the industry thing would would be fully on board with that I think people worry there's a snobbery around <laughs> kind of some of these new processes aren't there and yeah. this entrepreneurial attitude that I think kind of is gonna have to fall by the wayside because yeah. I think it's really exciting these new ways of doing things and you know you're taking control of your business and driving it forward and you know finding new ways to make passive income and well that's it yeah I mean because like with having a chronic illness as well I found that the projects that overrun you know it has a real toll on my body and and how Mm. I am able to kind of continue working and stuff so it was about me finding different ways that I can make money in my work and yeah but still yeah. I found like like I said I had I love don't get me wrong I love my clients I love working yeah. with them I adore them they're incredible often women but men as well like they're incredible people making a difference to other people through what they do and that's what I really love but at the same time I love the fact that I could potentially reach you know, tens, hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe more than that of yeah. people with a method that I've, I have seen help people and have seen help people help more people. And it's that ripple effect that I love mm. and that I really kind of want to try and see what I can make of it and see if yeah. I can, if I can do anything more. So, yeah. And I think just the more that you can, you know, focus on sharing what you know, you know, like in the web industry, everyone always shares about, techniques and stuff ways of Mm. doing things like it's the same thing with methodologies and it's the same thing with the way that we actually do our work and I think that's what really makes a difference is when you can Mm. focus on like community over competition and supporting each other and lifting each other up you know there's more than enough clients for everybody like oh god you know we're all different kinds of people we're all different kinds of styles and that's going to appeal to a hugely different amount of clients and stuff there's there's infinite amount of clients out there for you you just have to find them and do the work and that's kind of what I've been trying to do and you know I've got I've got my year well not my year like I say that I've got my year of content mapped out not that I've done anything with it yet like I've got my new site to get out there Mm. and stuff like I'm getting there but it's all about kind of just figuring out what you want to do and just trying to take action on it I think yeah so. And you're very active. I know we've got to wrap up shortly, but I just yeah. uh, want to touch on the fact that you're very active on all kind of social media platforms, like you. I mean, you. I try to be. <laughs> yeah, you push your your kind of studio. Well, sorry, that's a horrible way of saying. No, no. You promote your studio on Instagram, yeah. and you use all of the different kind of way, like different. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I suppose like it's platforms yeah the platforms <laughs> that's it like I I try to I there's definitely ways I can improve on it but I think it's just trying to be visible where the people that you want to work with are so like a lot mm. of my potential clients yes. might be on Instagram yeah. exactly yeah. um a lot of you know potential 
people that I either want to help teach. You know, I'm getting more of a following on mm. Twitter now with entrepreneurs and different folks like that. So yeah. I think, you know, it's just kind of figuring out yeah different well, different audiences in different places I always yeah. say that I mean basically Twitter my Twitter I tend to interact with other you know industry yeah design industry people mm. and I love that absolutely love that aspect of it but you know I don't do anything with Instagram it's not part of my business at all but I think yeah. of, like if your clients are people who use Instagram a lot it's an ideal place to oh absolutely and and facebook as well yeah i must admit i'm not very active on facebook at least Mm. with like my facebook page but i'm in groups and things like that and i'm in you know places where my clients hang out and yeah i mean a lot of my business has been based on word of mouth and referrals and so i've Mm. kind of it's one of those things that it's really great when that happens but it's not always a reliable way of getting work in so i've kind of been figuring out how i can show up at even as an introvert like I know to people listening like I know you really well so I feel a lot more comfortable chatting on here and I'm very much an open book so when someone gets me on a podcast it's kind of like when I get on stage to give a talk like (laughs) the personality of Rachel comes out and so it's great but as an introvert like it's so hard for me to put myself on video like I did my first walking talking selfie Instagram story yesterday and I was just like I've had a cold all week like it's been a nightmare (laughs) like why am I doing this so I stopped after like 10 meters but it's just like that making that effort I think and figuring out ways that you can actually yeah try and try and reach who you want to reach however you can so oh I love it it's so interesting I could chat to you for hours about this (laughs) Um, Thank you. Before before we go, yeah. any recommendations of anything? I mean, I should have given you a little heads up. Before oh yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> I tend to do like a recommendation at the end of, and basically it can be anything. It can be you know something in the design industry. It can be a brilliant TV program you've watched. It can be like a play or something. Well, you've seen, there's so. actually a book that I I read it last summer when I was on holiday and. I didn't realise what it was about. I just saw that this author had a few of her books on offer, so I bought a few of them at, like, 99p each. I'd heard good things about them. And um, I'm going to absolutely butcher her last name, I'm sure. (laughs) But she's called Bernadette Jiwa, I think. Okay. Um, And I'm going to have to figure out what the name of the book is. So it will be in the show notes if you want to go look for it, because I'll tell you what it is after. Send it to me afterwards. (laughs) What's the premise? um, Well, basically, everything, it's really, it's a really short form book. So you can read it in a couple of Mm -hmm. hours if you want to. Like it's, and it's, you know, each chapter as such is only like a few pages maximum. Um, But what she talks about in there, I, I was reading it and I was like, it's me. You know, that whole thing of like the meme, like it me, like it was me. And I was reading it and it was sorry, everything. Oh, what? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I just dropped my microphone. Oh, no. It just fell off my book. Sorry. No, it's Carry all right. on. Sorry. Um, you were reading it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was reading this book and I was reading it and that whole meme of like, it's me. Like it was me reading yeah. it. And I just yeah. thought it was everything about branding and storytelling within brands and kind of how people connect with your brand even if you're like a one person business or whether you're a big corporation and I just found that so much of what I've developed and thought about over the years was actually in this book I was kind of like oh god I wish I'd written it now but it's just a sort of if you want to kind of get a really like short form but also like a deep dive into the kind of stuff I've been talking about that is such a really good book to kind of have a little gander and look through so oh brilliant well i'll definitely yeah. link that 
in the show notes awesome um yeah sounds good well it's been delightful to talk to you i know thank you i've had such and i a wish good we time. could have another hour to deep dive into stuff but maybe come back on the show yeah another time oh that'd be good chat. <laughs> so um thanks so much rachel and um yeah really appreciate it oh no that's all right thank you so much for having me lovely honestly well that's today's show over and done with i really hope you enjoyed it if you have any questions any feedback you can contact me via a contact form on our website theelasticbrand.com or you can hit me up on twitter at liz underscore e or at elastic brand pod and we'll be back with a new show next week bye